Broski. <laughs> I fucking. I'm sure you are. I am like, woo. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, don't. <laughs> I don't think I ever smiled so much. <laughs> don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. I was like, why the fuck is she standing up? I forgot you've got a standing up. Honestly, this is great. I feel like I'm about to voice act to defeat the Huns. You know, I can like really just, you know, when like when I'm ready to. <laughs> Give me your best uh, Fire Lord Azula. Fire Lord Azula. I don't think I can do that. Give me Zuko then. <laughs> can we be friends? <laughs> hey, Zuko here. Bitch, <laughs> you're not voice acting at all. <laughs> I think I got shy. <laughs> she says in the most Jada voice she could make. <laughs> Changed nothing at all. Just gave us a quote. She did some like... She did do some like physical movements. I think. <laughs> I think and... she forgot what the end goal was. <laughs> it's like my brain just skipped a step. You know, it knew what it was supposed to do, but it just went right over it. I'm there. Okay, we gotta, we gotta get in there. <laughs> yeah, let's get in there before it goes away. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I'm scared. podcast we forgot that we were even here it's so nice to see you especially the extra 75 percent with our sjm episode tonight baby what's Thank up you. the only people who listen to these ones <laughs> how are you i mean we are entertaining elsewhere i promise <laughs> except the you know <laughs> the first one don't listen to the first one I'm ready. Steer clear. Red flag. Don't listen to us. This is your co-host, Jada. And Brooke. And all right, let's just hop right into it. We've already been here for like three minutes. We, this is our Empire Storms and Terror of Dawn Part 3 since we have failed to mention it the last five minutes. We're like, okay, I'm here. What is, what's going on? <laughs> what is this? You gotta stay tuned to find out. <laughs> just, just keep listening. We'll tell you later. <laughs> Jada, <laughs> Jada, what are you drinking tonight? It is wine time tonight. 
I am drinking Moscato again. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell, can't you? Yeah, you can tell. Is it bad? No, just keep going. It's fine. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Brooke, <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> Don't be suspicious. Don't be Is it like suspicious. a good seconds, like like clearing your throat, licking your lips. <laughs> all that you said was, yeah. And so that's pretty much it. We've got to stop this. I know. Okay. 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 So I not to toot my own horn or anything, but I think I nailed this one. I am having a sex on the beach. That is perfect. It truly is. It's fitting. I was typing my notes and I literally wrote the words sex on the beach. And I was like, oh my God. It's perfect. It's fitting. And it starts right now. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah, that was like the very first chapter that I I started back on. Well, I guess you did too. And I was like, whoa, we only missed this by one chapter in the last episode. I'm going to talk about this because I was in shock. (laughs) You know, it's like, open the book, dick. Like, okay, sorry. I mean, I do like a little buildup here and there, you know. But we must keep moving on. (laughs) Our poll for this episode, we have already done like a million polls for Empire of Storm and Tower of Dawn. So we're just kind of over it and we're going to get to the nitty gritty and we're going to actually talk about what we want to talk about. Okay, poll. Mountain Rumbler, Resand, or Destroyer of Palm Trees, Rowan. I have been thinking about this all all day long since I saw it at like 9 a.m. this morning. I honestly don't know. I feel like Sarah J. Mass probably just wrote Rowan because he was the first one that she ever wrote, right? I feel like Sarah J. Mass just wrote Rowan. And then when she started writing A Court of Thorns and Roses, she was like, well, I have to make the main love interest better than the last one. How can I achieve this? But then in retrospect, it makes your first guy look like he's got a three-incher, you know? Yeah. I mean, not that it's comparable to real life ever. (laughs) Except that one time. Okay. (laughs) 56 of you chose Mountain Rumbler and 44% chose Destroyer of Palm Trees. Okay. Let's talk about this because I did have issues that came up when I was making my pros and cons list. Resand, wings, love them. Cons, drops loads on civilian from sky. (laughs) Then Rowan, pros, perfect stormy atmosphere at all times. Cons, could get struck by lightning while having sex. You know, what if it just shot out? You know, that end. The last time you the flamethrower and you were like, nah. <laughs> this time she's like, it's shooting lightning. It's, it's lightning. We have we have really narrowed it in truly what it could be. Do you have a pros and do you have a cons? I wasn't prepared for this. Okay. And pros, tall, dark, and handsome. Easy, for sure. Easy. Feminist. Banter. Banter is great. Cons. Drawing a blank. Other than the the drops loads on civilians, I think it's a really good point because if he has that little of a disregard for his subjects, there's got to be some bigger cons going on. There's some more red flags we've missed. Or we choose to ignore, I don't know. Bird shits. Hitting people in the head. I mean, that is lack of awareness right there. 
the blessing. Con oh, cons for Resand sees women in the Illyrian mountains being abused and says, eh, men will be men. Their way, I can't change it. Did he say that for real? Yeah, something along those lines. I'm gonna have to reanalyze that, but yeah, big yikes. Rowan, pros, tall, dark, and silver. Silver is very high ranking. Silver. I actually dig the face tattoos, and I'm not a tattoo girl. I picture him taller than Resand. Really? Yeah. Resand is like a good solid six foot. Rowan is like a six five. Lorcan is like a six eight. I think, no, I think that they said his height. It was like seven foot or something. Oh, shit. I think so. I could be lying. Who knows? Well, I picture a lead like at a good 5'1". Yeah. But when they finally have sex, he's going to be like here. She's going to be like here. <laughs> and it's going to be a really weird height difference. <laughs> okay. You got concert. <laughs> yeah, kind of boring. He's a little bland. He can be very bland. And like he and Aelin never fight. There's nothing ever wrong between them that is so unrealistic for me. So either he just says the shit that she wants to hear or he's pretty stale. Yeah. But he's like, but he's like God tier level attractive. So that's why I think I'm like a little bit more okay with him being stale versus stale kale. In the end, I would choose Resand, of course. I think I just because we read him first. I mean, not. I'm looking at the big picture here, okay? Both highly attractive, blah, blah, blah. Um, I want to be in the night court. I think I want that lifestyle versus, you know, running around in the woods all day. <laughs> I do like the Akatar world better than the Throne of Glass world, but I picture, apparently I'm saying it wrong. It's not Teresan, it's Teresan or something like that. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm probably oh. still saying it wrong. We never say anything correctly. So just get over that like immediately. <laughs> We told people to correct us and then they correct us and we're like, well, actually, that. <laughs> we truly don't give two fucks. Forgot about that one. I thought about, I forgot about my willingness to care about things. And I was like, it is what it is now. <laughs> Look, it's like book seven. Okay. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I like the Akatar world better. So I'd want to be there, but I like Terrasan better than I think Night Court. Anyways, I'm an indecisive Libra. Don't make, I will still probably choose Reese. But I think it's also because of the nostalgia of us reading about him first, maybe. Okay, let's continue. Pop Clink, <laughs> chapter one. <laughs> you mean 38. 30. <laughs> it feels like one. <laughs> it do be feeling like one. We are starting at chapter 38 tonight for our Empire of Storms portion. I'm glad I'm getting to do this one because I feel like if something happens to Elikin, then last quarter, I will probably like lose my shit and just cry and have to mute myself the entire time. It probably will. Per the responses in our Discord. I'm like, what's going to happen? I can't. I'm not prepared. I love them. Like, I don't even just love Lorcan. I love Elite and Lorcan. Like, oh my God. But essentially, I forgot everything that happened in the first half of the book. This book series, though, like, because we took a good break. Like, it's been like, what, a month or so? Yeah, we skipped October completely. Yeah, but the book is so damn big. It was like, okay, well, I guess we are really starting out on chapter one. So here we go. There's we're already seven books deep. We should know where to pick up by now at this point. 
Aelin. The queen who was promised. Every key has a lock. Me, Manan, is the key. You was promised to Rowan at the end of the story. So you don't think the key to the lock is the word key? I'm sure that there is a physical key, but it requires both Manan and Aelin together to wield it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also... She's probably going to have to die. I'm not cool with that. I don't think they're dying. Oh, I do. But we'll, I Mm-mm. talk about it later. Nope. Nope. We finally get some <laughs> details on Rolf and his map, making a deal with the mermaid to gain power. His cost was his family. And the chills I had when he turned to Aelin and said, that was the price of my power. What shall be yours, Aelin Galathinius? We are scared. Titty's shaking. Here we go. Okay. It starts off like that. You know, I'm only like three pages deep, like for like a month. And then I had the audacity, the audacity after complaining for six fucking books when the page turned and this happens. (laughs) Aelin says to Rowan, how can you be fine with this? Rowan's mouth tightened. Trust me, I'm anything but fine. And goes on to say, I'm the one arrogant and insane enough to ask Mala Firebringer (laughs) to let me stay with the woman I love. And I go, this is too fast. This is too fast. He already dropped the L-bomb. I mean, we got another two books, buddy. Slow your roll. All right. I didn't mind it. I just, it was like, bam, love. I was like, God, where's the turmoil? (laughs) (laughs) Book four. This is book seven. In my brain, three years have gone by. (laughs) You know, what, how do you feel? No, I feel like that too, but it was just like, because I had just picked it up and that was like the first thing that happened. And I had literally like my mind emptied the Throne of Glass series before these books. Oh, I see <laughs> what you're saying now. And I was like, wow, like no buildup. This feels odd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there was any buildup. Like even in the chapter before that, it was like Adion carrying Lysandra's half dead body off the lake and his dad watching from afar. Like there just was no buildup at all. And like- honestly, it took me a fucking second to realize that. I was like, oh, this is, they're doing this right after that? Hmm. Okay. I said, bitch. All right. She didn't say it back. You know, she took her time. Like a good long time because I was like, bitch, you could literally die today. And you remember that Sam shit, don't you? You literally talked about him for the last five, six fucking books. And now we're going to forget this life lesson. I don't think so. And she says, perhaps you are just the one arrogant and insane enough to love me. That unreadable mask cracked. Like, so you're fucking sorry right now. You fucking leo ass bitch granted we made a full recovery however it had slipped my mind that they had almost just died and they were on the beach making horny eyes at each other with bodies like still sinking down they haven't even been one with the sediment yet you know what i'm saying these bitches are always in line of danger though so i said fuck today fight tomorrow losers you're gonna die anyways Rowan. but if you think about it also dominoes just pulled out not dominoes the light was kind of like radiating off my window and i'm kind of intoxicated so my brain thought it was the you know the blue and red dominoes sign on yeah. the top of the car i'd be lying if i said i wasn't a little disappointed by it being above <laughs> the wild wings <laughs> Oh my God, that's what I'm ordering right now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. 
You could also argue that it's fuck today, fight tomorrow. No, 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 no. You said fuck today, fight tomorrow. You could also argue that it's fight today, fuck tomorrow, because they fought the day of, and then the next day they fucked. They waited for all the bad stuff to be over and said, okay, the fight is done. Now we can fuck. If you think about it, they're always (laughs) fucking and fighting. So it's an infinite loop. What came first? You chicken can, and egg? You put an Uno reverse card. It doesn't matter. You get the same thing each time. What came first? The fight or the fuck? <laughs> I feel like that could be a, like, that could be any fantasy novel's logo that has any kind of sexual. Oh my God. I love it so much. I kind of want that on a t-shirt. We should. Um, Copyrighted already haters. It's already <laughs> what came first, the fight or the fuck? Oh, yeah. oh, I want a beanie. I want a beanie that says that. You know, that's cute. Mm, love this for us. Okay, we need a beanie that says TMYPT. Yes, yes. With like our Instagram at on the back. No, that would be that would be dope as fuck. That would be dope as fuck. I agree. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> 30 minutes later. Rowan, I've never taken a woman on a beach before in my 500 years. Me, listen, you don't want to. Highly unsanitary, sandpaper up in your coochie type-ish. Don't do it. Thinking the same thing. (laughs) We've discovered this about myself before and honestly, I'm like really taking into it. Cleanliness is very important to me. I don't know if it's because that one traumatizing experience I keep bringing up. Sex can never be like this again. I drew the fucking line and I said, I revolted it. And so now I have this weird cleanliness thing about sex. I mean, we, it still gets done and it still gets dirty, but like there's, there's exit points, you know, like shower, my, the window (laughs) to the wall, to the sweat drop down my balls. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck were we just talking about? How horrible it is to have sex in unsanitary places. Oh yeah, I hate the I hate the beach. I I love the beach, but can't have sex on the beach. Even though I love the <laughs> beach, and I'm drinking a sex on the beach right now. That uh, ugh, can't do sand. Can't do sand. Me and my husband were actually talking about this like a couple of days ago. We were like being very nostalgic and Pisces with each other. It was gross. But he was like, okay, what is, what was our best sex place? And what was our worst? <laughs> and I was like, the camping trips, they were awful. There was dirt everywhere. There was cum in my fucking sleeping bag. It was claustrophobic. <laughs> I had cum in my belly button for five days. <laughs> And you're asking me which one was the worst. <laughs> no. Fucking relief. It was horrible. And then, you know, I had to go all the way back down that fucking mountain. <laughs> and it was horrible. I never want to experience anything like that ever again. Can I make a point here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm scared. I just realized the spiders and this <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> The spiders in this book sell their cum. When? The ones that have the spider silk. When did they see the cum? They sell their cum. <gasps> Gross. <laughs> Bro, that makes so much fucking sense. Yeah, yeah. The spiders <laughs> are 
in these books sell their own cum and the humans come up and they're like hey got any cum (laughs) (laughs) the editing on this podcast is gonna be unfucking real and the spider would be like yeah actually i do here 20 years of your life is what i demand in exchange for my cum Well, we are obviously team no sandpaper, but Aylin redeems herself. I love you, Rowan. I am in love with you. I know you might need time. He didn't need time. There is no limit to what I can give to you, no time I need, even when this world is a forgotten whisper of dust between the stars. Sounds like a run on. I will love you. It probably is. She was like, she forgot the <laughs> dash. I was like, even when this world is a forgotten <laughs> running up there you know sarah j mass isn't using the m dash the grammar is questionable <laughs> yeah exactly i've never seen so many m dashes but i don't mind it actually. no i love them i, I love them too. i do too i like the drama the pause the what's between the gap you know it i i like it more suspenseful it's like you're jumping you're you're taking a dive right off that m dash yeah exactly i love it i'm fucking me too like i am i'm a little scared i did forget to say what was in my how i made my sex in the beach no this is important okay yeah i made it okay it wasn't a mix i did it myself and you know what for once it was pretty damn good are there more than three ingredients yeah there's four okay all right training wheels yeah yeah yeah. Four parts vodka, two parts peach snops, four parts orange moonshine. What? <laughs> You're drinking that? Yeah. And four parts cranberry juice. It's like a cran apple raspberry, though. It's very nice. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a moonshine mixer kind of night. You're mixing a whole lot there. I'll tell you that right now. The effect <laughs> benefits outweigh the risks is it different with someone like me please Aylin like pack it up I'm tired either do it or get on with it and he was like I don't know but I'm about to unleash and just to see what she would do she gripped that thing that was thangin', and he let out a bark <laughs> lol <laughs> Going black it out to whatever all, end. All of the Sarah J. Mass love interests are birds. They just why why are they barking? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like and now the birds are barking. <laughs> he let out a look. <laughs> so many damn birds. But we barking, like please. Yeah, I, we barking, we barking for more. give us the birds (laughs) to whatever end he breathed to whatever end she responded aelin burst into flames rowan turned into jack frost and it was so beautiful (laughs) but all i could imagine was these fuckers and i'm gonna send it to brooke mr something miser that song it's a christmas song (laughs) okay i need you to look at what i was imagining like fuck on the beach together Oh, yeah. I was trying to sing the song, but I forgot the lyrics. 
Yeah, it's like the claymation Christmas movie thing where it's like Jack Frost and this dude that's on fire. Like, that's what I imagined <laughs> reading this, you know, and then his release blasted through her like wildfire, whatever that means. <laughs> Rowan's own release bailed through him at the sight of it and groaned her name so that she remembered at last lightning joining wind and ice over the water. Palm trees crumpled in his wake. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> My lonely days are over. My next question is, did they secure the bond here? <laughs> did they? <laughs> yeah, 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 it snapped. Yeah, did they secure the bond? Because they had to have. It just doesn't make sense. Here are my quotes. Here are my evidence, okay? When they'd finished after that first time, he'd been reeling to pull his sanity back together after the joining had, the joining, huh, had unleashed him, broken and remade him. His magic had been a song and she had been dot, dot, dot. Sir, I need you to complete that sentence. I have questions. Then... He marked her richer than the scent that had clung to her before, marked her deep and true, and there was no undoing it, no washing away. (laughs) That is horrible. She claimed him, and he claimed her. He knew it had been a choice on her part, a final decision regarding the matter of who would be in her royal bed. Then he's pissy around males that are like next to her like this is familiar yeah very but what type of bond do they have because we have been told that the bond you can't have more than one so that's my only hook that's like really tearing me apart here i think they're bonded but i think that there's some there's gonna be some kind of loophole here because yes i agree we have been told that you can only be bonded to one person (laughs) which is why i went down i think a reincarnation tangent the last few episodes okay that's intriguing but i don't i don't like that Mm-mm. i don't think i do either i'm just no. saying in between Rolaine and damon smearing their scents every fucking where sjm Rolaine and damon <laughs> aelin and rowan and then um manon and dorian <laughs> oh yeah Rolaine and damon Rolaine and minorian <laughs> oh my god Second minute hours. <laughs> my almighty powers. I thought, man, I thought you were talking about a gay couple in Crescent yeah. City. I was like, who is Rolene and Damon? Rolene, 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 Rolene. I'm begging of you, please don't Rolene. take her hand. Dolly is queen. So in between this, we find out that Mala's blood flows in our veins. Yada, yada, yada. Aelin shoves the thing in her pocket. Anyways, Manon, Dorian. Dorian's magic felt it, scanning the horizon to see a wyvern and the only rider atop of it, whose white hair was bound, the wyvern dropping lower over the water. No, the word ripped from Dorian. Silence. I can't breathe. (laughs) Silence. My lungs. Yeah, we should just pop this guy up there unedited. Like, just fucking just raw talking. It's just a long sentence and there's no commas. And so my brain is like, where do I breathe? Anyways, Manon, she was splat in the water 
And Dorian was like, no, I'm going to come get you. We are now in part two, fire, fire heart. It's just, it's there. <laughs> After she lit on the magical death trap, I'm like, a fire heart. Violent magical fart. I'm like, that's her fire fart. She's pretty powerful. Aelin, after having Taco Bell, would not even want to be in the vicinity. That Doritos Locos Taco. Blowing shit up. Flame thrower. Alikan, how I've missed you. This essentially is now the Alikan show from now till the end of this section of the podcast. So prepare Tita's accordingly. Here we go. Normally, I hate carnies, but this this was tasteful. Okay, this was exquisite. Lorcan's body was oiled for the gods, throwing knives. Ali dressed in her fortune teller finery, giving readings. Like this is a vibe in my mind. Like I want to be there. I agree with your use of tasteful. Yeah, for sure. A carny says, you're lucky that he still looks at you the way he does. All right. Pull it together, Aline. You know, gotta be fierce, bitch. All right. So Lorcan drawn into her tent. Wait, Lorcan draws into her tent. Lorcan sprawls into her tent. Crawls. <laughs> Crawls. Lorcan somehow finds his way into her tent. And she's like, look, you've got all these people ogling you go have fun don't stop on my account marion marion he says roughly you have plenty of young men staring at you she drops her v card and normally i really hate this i hate this in books however i've come to the point where yes virginity is something like we shouldn't focus on and it's a social construct but there's also the opposite effect of just ignoring the fact that it can be special yeah i do think there's a fine line We're in the middle of that, but my mouth was dry at that line because when we get over into Lorcan's point of view, like my brain is just like, just vibrating up at the top. Like it has no idea what's going on. Just that he's talking. Do you picture him as Adam Driver? Very similar. Yeah. You might've mentioned that before, but I was like, hmm. All of Lorcan's considerable focus honed in on her with the way he glanced at her red painted mouth. Alid wanted to tell him the truth, but a scream stopped her. Lorcan, like a God's damn dog, he picked up her scent. I don't know what that means. Went through the crowd, followed her, focused on her cursing himself at the fact that he was looking at her mouth. And then even more so when he hadn't detected anything was amiss when the screams started. His power was gleeful, breathless in a way he knew it too well. Death as he ripped through the carnival, prepared for battle. Guys, you know how I feel about death gods? Okay, he basically is one. What if he dies and he's the bone burner? Oh my god, he- Oh my god, I knew it all (laughs) (laughs) I love him. Reincarnates into the Akatar world and he's the death god- Or the bone carver. It would make so much sense. Who is a death god, right? Right. What if- I wonder, I want to go back to the description of like that soldier that he appears as. Like, I wonder who it actually was. Like, what they look like. Oh, shit. So, soldier. Oh, my book. Yeah. And that was, like, I want to believe it. Before he died, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe his true form, which was Lorcan in Throne of Glass, who dies and then goes. Oh, my God. To- what if he was smiling because he knows he's going to go back to a lead? Oh, <gasps> shit. 
And that's why he always wanted death so badly. Because they say in here somewhere that they'll always find a way back to each other. That's it. This is it. We've cracked it. I bet you haven't heard this one before. <laughs> because no one's ever sat down and thought about the Afford of Thorns and Roses series blows out out their minds. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And it makes sense. Because they... Like, why keep repeating over and over and over that this guy, his power is death without giving us a really good description of it unless it would lead somewhere else? I don't know. I love this. I love this, like, theory. Fact. Theory. I mean, just fact. Imagine. <laughs> just imagine if it's canon. And then it's like, well, no wonder you love both of these characters so much. Damn, if I'm not a consistent bitch, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I am consistent. The screams grew loud and then they faded into nothing. Lorcan covered head to toe in black blood. Legs spread before him. Axe and sword lay discarded. You don't, you guys don't want to know what that does to me. (laughs) That cunning little liar, Lorcan says, to who he has decided is his wife. He realized that he did not have the full story that she had told him. Switching point of views, find somewhere safe, Manon told Abraxas. He did cry. Hello, witchling. Hello, princeling. Dorian didn't feel like mentioning that he'd been the one who jumped into the water. He had just acted. There's got to be like some type of like bond thing with them too. Like, I hope to God. I do agree because there's something different about this one. Yeah, it's like all in your face. And I'm like, this this has to be it. Are you hungry? He asked. Her eyes slashed to his throat. Really? Aren't you partially human at least? Not in the ways that count. She had one request. Find if the 13 are still alive because they are all she has left. Ouch. Because they're all dead. Yeah, they're gone. And then she's like, oh yeah, uh... Elid Lorkin, I mean, Lorkin is alive and she's looking for you, Aelin. (laughs) Elid and Lorkin decided to stay to go north until they found out that Aelin had plans elsewhere. But that is, of course, if they make it out alive because Elid attracts every single bounty hunter like closest to her and they were closing in. Just do it, she snapped at him and he hauled her over his shoulder, hatchet in the other hand wow that's a great image elite is like don't kill them lorkin sure yeah elite you're a fucking asshole take me to shore now lorkin no elite no like she's like so sassy now she's like excuse me take me now what do you mean no and lorkin is like fuck no plus i have business with aelin congratulations you have your guide. Oh, and as far as you're concerned, you are still my wife. And then we cut over to Manon and Dorian. And I said it, I said it. And I was like, this is going to be them. And it was, I mean, that was like, I feel like I've manifested like this relationship in my mind. I do too. Cause you've called every single bit of this. Seriously. I didn't even think that there were going to be like actual change. I was just like, S, 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 M, 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 you know, my girl Rihanna. Yeah. Like the kinky undertones, you could kind of see them. I didn't see them till you pointed it out, but like literally I thought of when you had said that, when I read that part and I was like, actual chains. Yeah. Like literally he says, as tempting as seeing you naked and chained might be, I don't think you would 
enjoy the loss of control. He says, I don't think you can handle the sort of things I need, witchling. And I am never begging for anything again in my life. My brain is silent. I mean, like cricket is like chirping like every five seconds, like in the back of my brain because it's so quiet. No, my brain was screaming. I, I was just like, Sarah DeMass, where has this side of Dorian been all of this time? Oh my God. <laughs> Back to Rihanna. Where have <laughs> you been all my life? Yeah, Daddy Dorian's coming out. I mean, shit. Like, has it, been? I, it had to have been there. Right? They should have been here the whole time. But I know. Manon literally starts stripping as she should, as she should, bitch. I would be too. And Dorian is like, see ya. <laughs> that fucking the secondhand embarrassment that I felt in this moment. Yeah, I know, right? Especially when Adion like pops up like a random ass chapter and he's yes. like, it smells weird in here. <laughs> like Adion tries to ignore. <laughs> Black it out. Like Jesus fuck. And when they returned, Manon was sitting upright in bed. Golden eyes darted between Rowan, Dorian, and Aelin. Fenris. <laughs> Fenarius. <laughs> Fenris. Fenry. <laughs> I was like, Fenris. I was like, yeah. And then you're like, Fenarius. It is Fenris, right? Uh, it's probably Fenris. <laughs> I say Fenris. 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 Okay. Fenris slid I think behind it, them. It don't matter. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't just follow me blindly because I let us down Fenrisen, <laughs> which is apparently really fucking wrong. Okay, shut up, bro. Goodbye. Oh my god. <laughs> Manon said low and flat, who is this? Dorian is like, Finris, duh. <laughs> no, he not. Erwin's bloodhound had taken over in like the like a shifty form. I don't know. Like I was a little worried that Finris was actually dead. I don't know why, but I had that moment of <gasps> no. But Erwin's bloodhound said, your second screamed when Erwin broke her. His dark magic majesty sends this to remember her by a black leather strap hit the ground a gift from a king <laughs> and there's nothing you bitches can do about it have you seen Mulan yeah but it has been a hot minute <laughs> you make a lot of Mulan references in the podcast and I just nod <laughs> I love Mulan. A gift from a king of the Valg to the last living Crocken queen. Our Croc queen, Manon, BB. Cry. We've gotten called out for that one too because apparently it's Crocian. Because Are you serious? Beautiful and Crocken sounds ugly. <laughs> We're like the Crocken. <laughs> Croc queen, B. Croc queen. But she didn't get her kill. Invisible hands wrapped around the bloodhound's neck and snapped. Listen, invisible? Invisible hands that he has more than two of? This is something. 
they call him daddy phantom hands and i was like when the fuck is this gonna come up did y'all make that up <laughs> oh my god danny fan that reminds me of danny phantom oh you're bringing it back even though manon was pissed about it they had worse problems on hand because erwin now knew that Aelin had the word key all hell breaks out per usual usual honorable mention when Manon was tending to Abraxos after the fight and Manon says I am not moral I do not play by your rules I have killed and hunted men for sport do not mistake me for a human woman princeling I have no interest in human women he purred too breakable that was a slay and a big fucking ouch at the same time I don't know I liked it well because he's referring to like the girl who got her head chopped off yeah but i didn't think about that until chapters later now honorable mention and this is what i was telling you you're not gonna like brooke i i'll be surprised if you have not also thought this but here we go okay honorable mention rowan finds aelin puking her guts up and she won't let rowan in she asked for him to get lysandra he tried to scent her but the vomit was too overpowering. Then I do not think it is a, of any coincidence that the next chapter we hyper-focused on a lead in Lorcan trying to find a damn tampon. Aelin Galathinius is pregnant. No. Yes. They literally talk about it in the next chapter. Rowan is like, Aelin's not pregnant because she's throwing back shots or something. No, she's pregnant. There's a whole chapter where no. he's like, She's not carrying my child. You're making that shit up. No, I'm not. I don't have my book right here. Pull it up. Pull it out right now. I want to see the receipts. I, she's pregnant. I know it. Okay. This is for when you come back, but I'm going to say it again. So I don't miss it. If I do miss it, I've said it. But even if Brooke comes in here and says, LL, in Rowan's perspective, Aylin is throwing back shots. Aelin is a swifty ass bitch. She's always pulling it at the last leg. She's probably taking water shots. And Lysandra knew about it and was giving it to her. I mean, here's the thing. If we know anything about Sarah J. Mass, this is probably what she's trying to slip into the story, you know? And it had been during one of those times that Rowan had run his thumb over the scar on her palm, leaning in to kiss her neck. He breathed her in and knew he detected an answer to the question that had caused him to flee that morning on the ship. No, she was not carrying his child. They'd only discussed the matter once last week when she had crawled off him panting and coating in sweat and he had asked if she was taking a tonic. She merely told him no. He'd gone still. And then she had explained that if she'd inherited so much of Mob's fey blood, she might very well have inherited the fey struggle to conceive. Even if the timing was horrible, if this was to be the one shot she had at providing a Harrison bloodline future she would not waste it his green eyes turned distant but he nodded kissing her shoulder and that had been that no she's pregnant you know she's trying to twist on words there you know what she does I I know what she does and it's Sarah <laughs> J Mass of course she's gonna throw motherhood in there somewhere but not yet the fuck <laughs> anyways moving on after that rant <laughs> <laughs> You reek of blood, Lorcan says, and you're a 500-year-old little bitch, so get used to it. Lorcan, I didn't say it was a turnoff. (laughs) 
when they went to get supplies, he was like, uh, I'll just let her do her thing. She scares me. She probably scares other people. It's like totally fine. But when she didn't meet him back in time, he was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Alid is Lorcan's manic dream pixie. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. This it makes is awesome. What an adventure you've had, Alid. Her uncle had found her. You can't take me. My husband is right over there. And he's like, nice try, but he on the boat. (laughs) They started dragging her, a voice inside her begging her not to take hold of the relic in her pocket. But she would not be taken back to Morath. She would not let them touch her. Her eyes dragged to the knife at his hip, taking the knife in her fingers, shoulders curved inward, chest caving as she drove the blade inward. Lorcan had the kill shot, but he did not know what true fear was until he saw a lead in that knife, throwing the hatchet to prevent her from killing herself. That had me deceased. And then he made a grave for me after that because when a lead was running away and Lorcan took a second to watch her and I quote says, good girl. Zaddy, is that you? A lead came back picked up his axe and says some long ass shit. It only takes one to send a messenger and kills the Ilkin. Mommy? Sorry. Daddy? Sorry. I'm buying confused right now. He told me you left, she said into his chest as he picked her up. He didn't set her down. You believed him? I made a promise to protect you. I will not break it, Alid. I will always find you. I promise. Oh my God, that makes our theory like so fucking good. Okay, well, wait, I have to pause because this is not something I picked up on earlier. What? I promise to protect Elena. I will will always protect protect Elena. That's the quote. Oh my God. She totally watches the Vampire Diaries. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because his last name is like Salvatore, Lorcan Salvatore. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. She said, Damon, not tall enough. We're going to really compensate for that this time around. <laughs> All right. We're on to you, Sarah J. Mass. She said, this, this one's for the girls. <laughs> Clearly team Damon here. I love it. And so in between that, the hot people crew headed to the stone marsh. Anyways, Alikin. Chapter 52, Alid and Lorcan had nearly caught up with them. Alid, this is bad, Lorcan, death. <laughs> oh my God. It's like when when I think of Alid, I'm like, it's like Ariana Grande, you know, like singing. And then when I think of Lorcan, I'm like Pete Davidson, like yelling on SNL. Oh, it is that though. <laughs> i'm just gonna say this feels like survivor it's <laughs> like survivor the hot people crew over here <laughs> smart people <laughs> and the dumb people they make camp mating calls territorial warnings feeding their mood under the moonlight in this death-ridden marsh but elite could not sleep tell me her- about her your queen will she really kill you for what you've done Yes, she will. Do not believe me a romantic fool. I do not hold any shred of hope for her. Then you must not love her. 
Elite said simply, love should make you happy, the best version of yourself. His face grew grave, thoughtful. I do not mind being around you, end quote. Oh my God, <laughs> like my heart, like this is also, it has a pride and prejudice vibe too, <laughs> on top of all our other vibes. <laughs> Everything you want in one. It's like a nice little package, big package. <laughs> A half smile crossed his face and she reached up to touch him. He froze still half above her, solemn and intent as she kissed him. You don't have to answer me, she said. You could find me in 10 years and I will still want you. Oh my God, the agony. And that's even worse because like, what if he doesn't show up until he's reincarnated in Aquawar? The crossover book is going to have the meeting between Elite and Lorcan. And you I want to just need Elite might have gotten transported into Crescent City. You know, honestly, okay, we really should think about doing fan fiction on this together. <laughs> no, I'm dead ass because, like, we could be the next, um, like Draco Malfoy and Hermione, like, Manacled. Manacled. <laughs> We could be the next monocle. <laughs> um, <laughs> like a prayer. That was how her name sounded on his lips as they descended together. But Lorcan's head popped up. <laughs> I just imagine him like looking over like some very tall grass. He's like, Ilkin <laughs> is the Ilkin. <laughs> Stay back, March. Make sure you go back in the house. <laughs> The Ilkin are out here. Yeah, okay. It's an army. It's an Ilkin army. <laughs> They're coming for us, all right. They're gonna take our livestock. It's like, like you know that that really classic <laughs> picture where it's like the tall guy in the forge pick and like the little wife. <laughs> it's a courage the cowardly dog. Yes, that shit fucked me up too. Yeah. Hers, yeah. Drama. Drama. That was Alex's favorite show. I don't trust Alex anymore. <laughs> me, honestly, me either. Like, maybe that's why I'm like, okay, like he could kill me at any moment. And like, but I could also kill him at any moment. So it's like, okay. <laughs> honestly, yeah. No, that that explains a lot. <clears throat> but Elite knew that they weren't coming for her. Chapter 53 on, we are in for some shit and y'all told us to be scared and I am. Gabriel says, your beloved's life and the witches are entwined. They have been led here by forces even we cannot understand. Fuckity fuck. Between them, they cover, Manan is the key, three main races of this earth, moral and immortal. One worships fire, the other darkness. I feel as if we're playing right into the hands of whoever had been running this game for eons. Double fuck. There was nowhere to go, nowhere to hide, Elite and Lorcan thought. I won't be a prisoner again, <laughs> Dorian said. Aelin tried to shut out what he'd meant by that, and sadly, I think we're going to find out. Rowan's pine green eyes were bright as he said, remember who you are every step of the way. And that you're mine. <laughs> and the inferno went on and on and on and on. On and on and on and on. 
don't want to grow up just want to stay hey take me away that's the only part we got correct (laughs) we were singing completely different lyrics Okay, I finally fucking made it, bitches. I'm done. I feel like I've been doing that for fucking six hours. I've been doing it for two. Oh my god. How you feeling, Brooke? Kenny, how you feel? <laughs> I, feel- I feel great. <laughs> oh shit. You couldn't see it, but I was like, did you do peace sauce? Um, what are you on a scale of one to ten? Um boozy right now you know i really think i'm sitting at a good 6.5 like i'm really cozy that's good things are good yeah how about you i was at eight at one point i'm coming back down into a six and now i'm about to help myself out with some food (laughs) some b-dubs sponsor me all right we're moving into the tower of dawn section of this episode I, th- I think only like three or four people have hit us up. Last episode, Jada like put on a little blurb. She was like, if you've made it to the Tower of Dawn portion, give us a thumbs up in the chat. And only a couple people have done it. And we're like, yeah, that's understandable. It's fine. Five total. Like, it's fine. We get it. It's not everybody's favorite. We're enjoying it, but a lot of people skip it. So we're starting on part two mountains and seas starting on chapter 29 not gonna lie i skimmed the majority of tower of dawn this time like a lot because a lot of it was nartak and i was bored and that is my couple's name for them i started getting into nartak i really did Uh, you know i've heard a lot of things actually that people are like really pro nartak and like i get it but they're like they're at the very bottom of my list yeah, no, they they really are. They're very far down on the list, but I liked it for Tower of Dawn. So anyways, we start off in Nesrin's point of view. And then I wrote in parentheses here, Jada, this is why I went to sleep at your grandmother's house. What's the start of this chapter? <laughs> she only made it two sentences. Yeah, I said Nesrin and Sartak for how much longer? I skipped forward three more chapters and it was still about them. And I said, fuck this. I'm going to sleep. If for no other reason than just avoidance. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, you've missed our witching hour episode. We had a meetup, um, you know, in our homeland. So you guys need to go check out our witching hour episodes. A lot of people, we don't really get as many listens as our book episodes, but we've had a lot of people be like, it was just really nice to listen to you guys. You know, just like talk about random shit instead of like try and read (laughs) our scripts. I'm not going to lie. The witching hours are my favorite ones. But yeah, they are super underrated in our humble opinions. But Bitch, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Go check us out over there. Some people get confused and they think the witching hour is like a book that we're reading. Uh, It's not a book that we're reading. It is us talking about witchy, spooky, paranormal, conspiracies, that kind of shit. And then thrown in with the usual chaos, except completely unscripted. 
yeah, we have like, it's completely unscripted. We don't even plan. Like <laughs> we're doing our notes as we're talking. <laughs> so anyways, again, we're starting off in Nestron's point of view. And when I started here, let me just tell you, I was thinking, I hate it here. And we're on this big bird, right? With our love interest. And we fly into the city. And I was like, wow, a castle built into a mountain. I cannot believe it. She and Sartok finally make it to the land of the Rukins. And Sartok takes her on a cute little aerial tour. And then they land and we meet Bort. Borte? Bort? I said Bort. I said Bort. And then I wrote here, as someone with a one-syllable B name, I gotta say, someone did you dirty, girl. <laughs> because yours sucks ass. They get a rest for the night, and the next day, Sartok takes her on another tour inside the mountain. And just like clockwork, hashtag copy, hashtag paste. Anyways, there's a little training circle on top of the mountain as well. Then Big Mama finally shows up. Her name is Huloon, but they call her Edge. No? What did you say? EJ? I guess it was Edge. Yeah, Edge. And I hate it. I don't it. know. I heard edging and I just like was like, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Rook, Rook, Rook nests have been sacked and the egg, eggs slash hatchlings have been stolen. Now, of course, my first instinct is Valg, right? But apparently the correct answer is spiders. I was like, did we have to bring this back? You know, did we have to? Because from this point on, it was Georgie and Shorshi trapped in that fucking cave. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And there's another shapeshifter dude named Falcon. Now, hear me out. Who gives me evil Jiminy Cricket vibes. I can't explain that one. (laughs) But you're just going to have to go with it. I thought he was nice. I, I, I've i been skeptical of him since day one. I mean, he's definitely in some form of deceitfulness, but he kind of, he doesn't seem Jiminy's naked. Like, he looks like he'd look innocent. Jiminy Cricket is a cartoon cricket. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Something about him just makes me not trust him. I'm not all the way there with him. Apparently, this cricket guy has made a bargain with the spiders a long time ago for some silk, which, as payment, took 20 years from his youth. He realized he fucked up and now wants his 20 years back, so he's on a mission to kill as many spiders as he can with the years he has left. Okay. What a waste. That's a gamble, bro. But if the spiders have just been chilling there, this is my question. This long, what's taken them so long to start eating the birds? Why are all of a sudden the spiders eating the birds? Are there more of them coming through the gates that are open? That would make the most sense to me. Okay. This leads to the combo of the war at hand and the Valg. But Edge was already aware of the dark things happening in the North. And in fact, she was a storyteller that happened to have vital information to share regarding the past demon war. Let me set the scene. They're in the mouth of a big mountain. Lightning cracks outside the carved hole in the dirt they call a window. Rain pitter-patters against the side. A roaring fire pit before them. And spooky stories in the dark. 
if that didn't just hit my little post Halloween soul, I was like, I love that. And then it brought me back to when Jada and Taylor were here. And again, another reference to our last witching hour episode, but Jada, honestly, if you and I were in this scenario, I would be eating marshmallows, eating up the scary stories and trying to jump scare all of you. Jada, I think you on the other hand would be absolutely blocking out the scary story and avidly trying to keep the fire alive. Yes, that's exactly what would happen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, not based on any prior experience or anything. (laughs) Midway through the ghost story, Edge outs Nestrin's secret that she knows how to defeat the Valg with word cues, but Nestrin says that she cannot disclose any information to anyone about that. What we do learn is that the Fae used to reside in this area built and built watchtowers. I didn't really follow this extremely well. Like in some of those word towers are like barely standing still. So they're like, oh, let's go to the spooky towers then, I guess. Shit, you know? Chapter 32, Yurene, which we've been informed today, is apparently pronounced Irene. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean... (laughs) Again, we're seven books deep. If you're just now telling us that we're wrong, it's your fault and we're not going to (laughs) change. We have almost 50-something episodes to prove that. So just give it up, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We asked for it and now we're gaslighting you. telling you that we didn't even care (laughs) so deal with it we are the villains oh man okay so Yurene which is apparently Irene too little too late she is Yurene at this point Yurene and Kale are doing their thing exercising and exorcisms and such because that's like basically what's happening right Yurene is exercising an exorcisming. <laughs> I almost said scissoring. Chicken nugget fell out of my mouth. Exercises and exorcisms. That's my life, JK. Neither of those are happening, but they both probably should be. And then they're like, we got to go back to the library to find out how those books and scrolls got there. Well, the librarian lady gave me the vibe that she hadn't had a solid O in at least six months. It was very Michelle vibes from Gilmore Girls to me. It is, but also, like, do we think she was just overcompensating and she actually knew? It's very possible. I was just kind of like, this lady a bitch. But, she says, there are caves out in the desert with such information that you were looking for. Honestly, that sounded like a big get lost to me. Like, literally, go get lost in a bunch of caves. But they took it quite seriously. And what a dink! It's almost Yurene's birthday. So why not ask the princess of the realm to throw her a birthday party there? Okay, but then they go on the cutest little date. It's like a low-key date. And they eat at this restaurant next to the water. Twinkling lights and stars overhead. And Kale thinks to himself that he has never had a meal where he couldn't just enjoy himself. And Yurene says that she doesn't really have any friends to do this kind of thing with. And then Kale says, maybe you and I will have to learn how to live if we survive this war. And then they raised their glasses and cheered to living Lord Kale, to being Kale and Yurene 
even just for a night. I loved this. Back in Neshin and Sartok's point of view, they're flying to one of the Feywatch towers, but apparently the towers were booby-trapped, so they had to be sneaky. Inside the tower, they start descending this staircase, hashtag coffee, hashtag face, which almost kills them several times along the way, hashtag coffee, hashtag face. They finally make it to the bottom, and it's a dungeon, and in the middle of a room lay a table with various sharp weapons. All right, this is also a long shot. But what if Azrael jumps universes to torture his captives in, and it's here in this tower dungeon? Because there's like stains of blood everywhere, and it's this dark place. No, this one is canon. Yeah, this is it. Is it? Yes, because it's like the only place that he knows to go. Because they've like never addressed it in the Akatar series, like where he goes to torture these people. And like yeah. they haven't been specified that it's even in the Court of Nightmares, you know? This is it. It could be. I think so. I it's thought it was a to reach. Me. I thought it was a reach, but I'm glad that you appreciate it. No, it's Bible. And then they were attacked by a spider. And I would just like to say that if a 10-foot spider jumped out to attack me, I would simply pass away, okay? And when things were looking bad, a wolf leaped in and attacked the spider, giving them time to run away. It was Falcon. He was a shapeshifter. And this is the first time they realized this. They all ran outside, the spider following close behind, when, no, it's not Rowan, it's Kadara. She swoops in and eats the spider. I kept pronouncing her Katara or Cadaver. And to be honest, Cadaver might be how she ends up. Yikes. Also, I'm just realizing this, not that it matters, but I skipped over a whole section where I think that um, Manon, when she sends him away from the marsh, Abraxos, and tells him to stay away, like we know he's not going to stay away if she ends up in danger. I just hope he doesn't die. Shut up! Okay, no, going <laughs> on. I just understood what you meant. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, like he comes back to like save no. her, and like Mercy kills himself in order to save her. No, no, not not. Surely not yet. Surely. But then, can't. on the other hand, there is this issue with the whole yielding thing, and they have the ability to blow themselves up. Mm-hmm. I touch on this. That's a little scary. But, like, Abraxas would totally, like, go with her, you know? I touch on this later. They're very Avatar, Aang, and Appa. Yeah. Same thought. Hold, hold on to that for later. Okay. They tend to Falcon, and he tells them he's going to kill every spider he can until he gets his youth back. Like me aggressively applying SPF every morning. They get back to the mountain, and Sartak starts questioning her about the word keys. Nashrin tries to play dumb, but Sartek said, cut the shit, bitch. Grandma remembered that part at the end of the story after you left. Now fess up. She tells him and he realizes why they are so desperate for his father's army. Then mentions that Edge found three other watchtowers and they were to fly to the next one once Falcon had healed. The atrophying in Kale's legs were reversing. He had regained movement up through his knee. Later that night, they went to dinner with the royal 
royals and are told that Nestrin and Sartak have decided to extend their honeymoon for three more weeks, which is basically kind of what's happening. Then he realizes he fucked up, okay? Because he finds out that Aelin was actually in the place he told Hazar she would be, thinking that it would be the last place she would spawn herself. And he learns of the events in Skulls Bay and what their plans may be next as well as the royal siblings attempt to manipulate their father out of joining the war. This family has so much drama and honestly, I'm here for it. That night after dinner, Kashin sneaks through Kale's window and tells him their foreign trade dude is shipping a bunch of fire lancers to the pirate lord in Aelin. And apparently this is kind of like a big deal. I have to make this point real quick because it's going to fly away from my brain. Okay, go. SJM base the cons off of the kardashians oh bitch hold on (laughs) the same thoughts have you read my notes no i haven't read your notes that's the first thing i thought about i oh my gosh i make i make a kardashian joke later okay okay same brains bitch we're literally so psychically connected right now i can feel it so kashin he's in his window he's like there's some shit going down with our finances and some weapons we're trading with Aelin and the pirate lord, which is apparently a big deal. And then Caution pledges to go to war and help them fight against Arrowin. There's still something about Caution I don't trust. However, I still think it's Haviza. I still think it's the, the healer on high. I'm sad that it is probably her. It would make sense about the attacks inside the library, inside the Torre, the tour. And the stuff that they found on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Chamber of Secrets. Has <laughs> <laughs> uh, opened. Chapter 37. I don't know. Something happens in this chapter and Nestrin starts singing. Okay. It reminds me again of when I said in one of the episodes, why are we dancing? There's it it kind of reminded me of Riverdale, you know, when they start just singing for like no reason. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? But it's a Sarah J. Mass novel, so it has to have somebody doing some sort of random hobby or remedial tasks. Then they go to one of the towers and bring Bort. Afterwards, they encounter her betrothed, which this is spicy because they apparently enjoy hate fucking each other. Danny. I love this. <laughs> Rama, it is very Kardashians, like the whole thing. Kill grows a pair and tries and fails to convince the Khan to join the war again and was literally pushed out of the room. It gave me flashbacks to when some of my non-vented sundowners patients would come out of their rooms at like 3 a.m. yelling about demons in their room. And I would just have to walk them back in there nodding my head and smiling. That is so fucking relatable. (laughs) But that is what happened in this scenario too. Yeah. Tail came in and said, demons. And they said, take the patient back to room. (laughs) And we're just like... Oh, Benny, he just has sundowners. (laughs) He can't help it. (laughs) I don't know. That puts him in a bad mood again. And Yurene was like, this broody man is so annoying. I'm going to hurt his ego more and try to make him stand. The fuck? Because this bitch did not think it would actually work. But he actually does it. 
but after landing a low blow on her, and she starts to walk towards the door when he stands up and backs her up against a wall. She's crying. He's apologizing and enclosing the space around them. Honestly, I was like, I don't know how to feel in this moment because he gets his physical motor control back. And the first thing he does is back a girl up against a wall that he's been an asshole to and has made cry. I didn't know how to feel. This was not, this wasn't it for me. Um, I did not like this buildup at all. Poor it, choice. Felt like it, it felt like the timing was off. The timing felt off. What they were saying felt off. I just, I wasn't about it. Did and not I, like this at all. And I really liked them as a couple, but I just felt a little put off by this scenario. I put a quote here. He braced one hand upon the wall to keep his body upright and his thighs shook, back straining. Yurene's eyes still bright with tears. He caused. Kale wiped a tear away. And it was only when Yurene settled her hand on his chest, not to push him away, but to feel the raging thunderous heartbeat beneath, that Kale lowered his head and kissed her. His kiss was thorough, as if he wanted to learn every taste, every angle of her. She brushed her tongue against his, and his growl had her toes curling. She felt a tremor go through him before she registered what it was, the strain. Still, he kissed her, seemed intent to do so, even if it brought him crashing to the floor. And she helped him walk back to the chair to start their healing session. Yeah, I still don't know how to feel about it, but there is the facts and kind of our thoughts. Chapter 41 and 42, Sartok has apparently declared that he will refuse the crown if it meant not fighting in this war. After that, they're flying and they come across a baby bird on the floor and they're like, oh my God, let's do the most white girl shit ever and uh, approach the feral animal, take it home and nurse it back to health. But it was a trap. Just as they lowered down to snatch the baby up, they ran into a massive web. Nestrin goes to help the baby bird, which, like, strike one, shame on you, strike two, shame on me. A long, lanky leg reaches out around a rock and drags the baby bird behind it. This part made me really sad, but I'm laughing right now for some reason. A squeal and then silence. I've been choking this whole time. What? I mean, it looks like you're laughing. And I'm sitting over here laughing and you're dying. The last thing you're hearing, the last moments of your life. It's just me laughing on the other end of Zoom. You, um, you said something that was funny and I had food in my mouth and it hit the back of my throat. Like I sucked it up. And then I just started coughing. Oh yeah. Nestrum goes to help the baby bird and too little too late because that sucker was dragged brutally around a big ass rock in front of everyone a squeal and then silence they're trying to get their own bird to fly but she's too injured to fly herself let alone carry anyone so they run what else do you do in this scenario kadara katara cadaver avada kadabra is flying behind them chapter 43 it's time for Yurene's Coachella theme birthday party at last. This was really beautiful to me. Like, I loved it. 
I loved it too, but it was so Coachella. It was Coachella, but it was bomb. They all mount these horses and they set out for the desert. Also, what a bunch of dicks giving the crippled guy an untamed horse. Like, what the fuck was that? They finally make it to where the oasis is a visible distance away. And Kale and Noreen decide to race their horses there. This scene, I loved it so much. Quote, Kale couldn't breathe as he beheld the wild joy on Yurene's face. The unchecked exhilaration. Yurene was smiling, and then she was laughing, as if she could not contain it inside of her. Kale thought it was the most beautiful sound he had ever heard, and that this moment, flying together over the sands, devouring the desert wind, her hair a golden brown banner behind her, Kale felt, perhaps, for the first time, as if he were awake and he was grateful right down to his very bones for it. That was so nice. It was, but also I'm not surprised that Yurene is a horse girl. Yeah, that's sad. <laughs> Again, I imagine the Soka Chillet, it's not even funny. And Yurene is that guest of honor, Vanessa Hudgens sending it up. Like that's just how I imagined her. There's this huge natural pool slash oasis. This is how I imagine it. Basically, it has palm trees surrounding it. There's this waterfall in the corner. Hey, what? No. There are white cabanas spread strategically, aesthetically around the pool. And Ashley Tisdale's Fabulous is playing in the background. That's exactly what's happening for me. It's a vibe. Very desert chic. But Kale and Yurene sneaky, sneaky away into the forest. I put a question mark here because I thought we were in the desert. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's a forest. I'm like, that's not how the environment does things. (laughs) And then they stumble across some fake architectural, architectural, architectural remains. Wow. Word marks and carvings and ancient drawings. Oh my. I just realized how I wrote that. It sounded very <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Word marks and carvings and ancient drawings all around them. And they somehow came to the conclusion that healers have some kind of advantage against the Valg. I wasn't following this very well, but apparently there's some kind of connection. I wasn't following it well either, but yeah. I don't even know. I have no fucking clue. That's the only thing that's saving um, has FIFA or whatever her name is, because like, what if she's against the Valk, you know, like she knows she seems woke, has all the info. Yeah, there's something going on there. Hmm. My last point is that after they go and do their things in the forest, that's also in the desert, they go back to the party and have a nice Kardashian-style seaside family dinner. But Kim, I mean Hassar, is being a total bitch. So Courtney, I mean Yurene, pushes her into the water. Oh my god, yes! I literally almost said, like, a couple stanzas back in your notes. Um, is Kale Scott Disick? <laughs> And you put Courtney as Yurene, so it makes so much fucking sense. 
Oh no, but that's not a good thing. No. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, the Kardashian vibes were there. We both picked up on it for sure. Hmm. How you, Kenny? How you feel? I feel great. <laughs> for our discussion for this section of our tandem read, number one, I'm going to cry if Alikin does not make it. I'm really scared for Lorkin right now. Yeah, they're dead. Axed. Expect it. I just no, no. I don't accept that answer. Uh, no, I didn't say accept it. I said expect it. Same difference right now to me. I literally don't want to see it. I feel like I should probably live read this or record myself reading it. So when I stumble, uh, if I stumble upon it, you're, you'll you'll just see me go berserk. Yeah, yeah, that needs to be thing. Um, I'm going to cry if Abraxas ignores Manon and tries to save them and dies. That will not be good. I don't think Minorian is going to die. I think that they'll stay alive. I think so. Yes. They have to. Yes. Dorian cannot have another person that dies. So you think Dorian's dead. I'll talk about this in a minute. Okay. Um, One of the Padres has to die, right? Hope to God it's not my Padre (laughs) lurking. (laughs) I think it's going to be all of them. I think they're all going to die. And that's going to break their bond with Maeve. And the Maeve's not going to be that powerful. Oh, my fucking God. No. Like, the Padres are like horcruxes. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. Exactly. Our table. Our Padres. <laughs> they're broken. <laughs> that will be the title of the episode if it happens. <laughs> the Ash featuring our t- Padres. Our t- <laughs> They're broken. <laughs> it's so dark. <laughs> I already talked about that one. Um, Aelin is pregnant, period. I think yeah. she's pregnant. Yeah. The vomiting. I think yeah. she's pregnant. I mean, I'm like 60% sure that she's not, but that's not very sure, is it? I know for a fact that SJM like had read fan fiction or something. Anytime someone is like, I threw up <laughs> in a fan fiction. They're pregnant, like no doubt. Well, you know, it's funny because I did not even consider her being pregnant until Rowan brought it up because I was like, oh, she's puking because of anxiety. Because apparently that's what my brain thinks of when it thinks of throwing up is anxiety. Because I thought they were talking about Bobby Yellowleg, someone who she brutally murdered, possibly telling her things in like riddle spoken form that were coming to play and it was freaking her out these things that people were saying about baba yellow legs that were coming true in present time and i thought that's why she ran and threw up that could have been but what got me was how she was like i mean rowan has seen everything like he pointed that out he's like i've seen you piss yourself bitch like vomit i promise you is not that not worse it's probably a little bit better, but, um, and then she goes, get me Lysandra and I mean, I'm not saying I disagree with you, but that's just not where my brain initially went, but it probably is that she's pregnant, which couldn't smell it. And then we went so heavy into the period chapter between a and I was like, wow. Yeah. I didn't like the period chapter. Not going to lie. 
I did. I thought I it think. was a weird insert, kind of like when she brought up fairy periods. Yeah. In the Court of Silver Flames. I don't know. I think I liked it. Okay. My discussion points. First one I have. Elite and Lorcan equals not going to make it. <laughs> Point number two, where is Abraxos? Point number three, I'm ready for Adion to die. Bruh. I don't hate him. I just know it's coming and it's not going to hurt when it does. Okay. <laughs> Unless there's a weird thing about him and his father when he's dying. I think the then- father's going to die. I think it foreshadowed again when he jumped in front of Adion. I mean, I agree with you too. Or maybe they'll die in each other's arms. I don't know. Uh, My fingers are crossed that he kind of just like bites the dust. You know? This is just just so shocking because this is like the Emmett in Twilight, the the cast in Akatar type vibe. He doesn't fit Hembo for me. Hembo kind of gets filled by Dorian for me. And I feel like Dorian gives the best of Cassian and the best of Asriel. Yeah, I would say he's a mixture, but I like whenever I think of Adion, I think of Cass. No, he's not that himbo to me. Adion to me is like this annoyingly smart guy who tries to be funny, but kind of isn't. He like tries too hard. Yeah, I get try hard vibes from him. I think that's what it is. I don't know. I like him. I feel like Adion tries hard and Cassian is the hard so he doesn't have to try (laughs) i don't know that's just where i am to each their own i wrote here kind of starting to like aelin but she fucking got me with the i know i'm hot when they were having (laughs) sex on the beach i know (laughs) you know like anytime we get close aelin you just (laughs) drop it in there we're like we hate you that was really annoying but okay (laughs) Sarah J. Mass said, okay, how can I write Tower of Dawn again, but better? And bam, Akasif. <laughs> but for the record, I like Tower of Dawn better. Oop. I like Tower of Dawn better too. Are you kidding me? It is very similar to the same concepts. Yeah. Because in Tower of Dawn, there's the training ring on top of the mountain. There's the castle inside of the mountain. There is them descending down a staircase. Yeah, the steps, the training on the mountain where she's- The womb thing is alive. The womb thing is alive. The library. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Next, why aren't they combining all of their powers together to blast those things out of the sky like Aelin and Dorian did in the glass tower? at the end of Empire Storms. Why aren't they just all holding hands and shooting all of their Winx Club magic at the enemy? The question is, why not, right? Like, I agree with you. Yeah. Also, I picture the Ilkin like those flying monkeys from the Wizard of Oz, and I wish that I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that is the vibe, is it not? Yeah, it's the vibe. Have we talked about this before? That Reese might be Ilkin? Very, very, very diluted Ilkin. Um, I think, no, I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like we talked about, not specifically Ilkin, but Val, but the Ilkin have like the human perception with the wings. And so it makes me think. Is that how Illyrians were made or something? Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not like 
Ooh. Reese doesn't look like an, a monkey to me, but I know the, the Ilkin don't look like how my brain wants to picture them. Yeah, I totally understand that. No, I think that's that that makes sense to me. Yeah, the Illyrians are Ilkin. Yeah, they're part Ilkin and part Bay. But uh, part Ilkin and part Fae equals which, right? Unless it's like I don't I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I'm just shooting things out. <laughs> Me, this entire podcast has just been opening my mouth and like wondering if what's coming out of it sounds right. I feel like that's how you describe you write books too. Honestly, yeah, that is. That is. I just walk in here and I'm like, well, what are we doing today, guys? <laughs> Take the ropes. I supply the brain. <laughs> My last point, Manon equals ticking time bomb, literally. I said, I changed my stance on her versus Dorian dying. It's totally going to be her. And then Abraxos is going to grief starve himself to death and I will never recover. Oh my God, that's horrible. No, I don't believe that. I, I just can't believe it. SJM likes happy endings. So I don't think that that that's going to happen. I think she liked happy endings after she made a court of silver flame. She said, it's Christmas. I've had a baby. My favorite character's pregnant. Now we're going to have happy endings. I've heard empire storms and kingdom of ash are absolutely devastating. So I'm going with worst case. But I've heard that they're devastating, but they don't like they're good too. Like I can't, I don't know. We have repeatedly said out loud, we're not going to care if anybody dies unless it's Abraxos or the Golden Retriever. And people keep telling us we're going to cry at a certain part of Kingdom of Ash. One of those two are going to die. Bruh, I don't even know what to do no more. Like, I don't know. I just, you know, I would like to cry. I I would like to cry too, but bitch, man, don't make it an animal <laughs> like yeah seriously i, I, I want to feel things but not those levels of things <laughs> i don't want to feel too much when an animal dies it's like everything that we've like should have cried about but didn't like comes out you know what i'm saying yes i don't want to feel too much i'm an air sign okay <laughs> i can't dump all that on me at once and i'm just a water sign with like surrounded by fire <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That I'm being evaporated. I feel a lot of things, but the fire is so large, it is insignificant at this point. She said Fire Nation vibes only. (laughs) Okay, bitch, how drunk are you? I am, I'm between a four and a five. I'm like almost to a four. What are you? Seven. I don't know why I'm doing the robot, but I am. <laughs> I'm doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> we've been drinking. We've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I want you. No. You know, that's honestly the perfect theme song for Booked and Boozy. I've been drinking. drinking. I've been, I've been drinking. drinking. And then surf fart. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we play that real quick? Yeah. Hold on. It's exactly what we are. We drunk smut podcasters. And we're supposed to be, for anyone who's new here, bad and bougie. Bad. Yeah, like 
but we're booked yeah. booked and boozy. That's <laughs> that's why we always put booked and boozy featuring because we're featuring like a title or a book or an artist. We be on that, yeah. Oh my god, doing this podcast all night. <laughs> all night. How do you rate the book so far, Jada? EOS five out of five. Tod. It's starting to go down into a four out of five. And last two times I said it was five out of five. What about you? Exactly where you are. I was going to say mm. 5.5 for TOD. It still has some redemption quality for it to go back up to a five. But yeah. this last, like the three fourths of the way, I was just kind of like, eh, you know? Yeah, I agree. What is your current read slash watch right now? Uh, my current read is going to be Continuing the Tower of Dawn and Empire Storms tandem read for the next podcast episode. Current watch is Gilmore Girls, which I'm so enjoying. It's so putting me in the mood for the holiday season. I watch Gilmore Girls every two or three years in the wintertime. It's just my go-to comfort show for that time of year because I get seasonal depression and that actually gives me serotonin. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm watching. What about you? Um, I've done quite a bit of reading. I read The Hating Game because the movie's going to come out in December. I didn't really like it. It was just okay. I think I'll like the movie better. But it was so cute. It was so cute, but wasn't my favorite. Um, I've read For the Wolf by Hannah Witten. It is a dark fantasy, uh, almost like Red Riding Hood times Beauty and the Beast retelling. I loved every second of it. It was amazing. The magic was like so in-depth and mystical. Um, I've also been doing a lot of contemporary reading. So I've read like almost every Christina Lauren book out there. I've read Love and Other Words. That was out of pocket for me, but it was good. I read Soulmate Equation because it is the next book that you should read if you're having a love hypothesis book hangover read the soulmate equation thank me later and then last thing was the bear and the nightingale and i'm planning on reading the second book um hopefully soon because it's such like a winterized story that um i want to pick it back up very high fantasy uh i don't read a lot of this type of fantasy but i do enjoy it even though it is like very within its own lane. Yeah, I mentioned you in the Snapchat. No, on the Snapchat. I mentioned you in the Discord and I said, Jada, did you finish The Bear and the Nightingale? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, how was it? And you just like absolutely left me on red. Oh my God. So, okay. <laughs> Oops, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I went in with no expectations except knowing that it was going to be good. I just didn't know in what type of way. It is written like a high fantasy. Um, There is a lot of building up, a lot of background work that is being laid in the beginning of the story, like 50% of it to get to the end. And I think the next book is when it's going to really start escalating. So I'm excited just to finish the series in general. I've heard it's like a mega faded enemies to lovers so i'm extremely excited i definitely want to pick it up especially not only because victoria aviard recommended it on tiktok it's also jada approved and so i'm like 
bumping it up higher on my TBR for sure. Right. And you said it's a winter read. Yeah. It takes, it's very winter. It like has Jack Frost vibe sometimes, but, um, because there's a demon in there that is like a frost demon, I guess you could say. So it's very Jack Frost almost. Um, it's like Kalias, Kalias. Yeah. But, um, it takes a little while to get used to the way the book is written, you know, like you can tell it's a very eloquently written book by a very smart person. <laughs> like Atlas six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My brain can't take another one of those for a while. <laughs> Otherwise I would say read it, but it does take time to get used to it, but I think it's going to pay off. It reminds me a lot of, um, Victoria Aveyard's, um, new release that came out that we covered in March. Oh, okay. I liked realm breaker. Yeah. It reminded me how it was written was like similar to realm breaker. Like they could be grouped in the same category. They're different. The stories are different, but they could be grouped into the same category and writing style wise. I think, I don't know. Someone's going to come on here and be like, absolutely not. I kind of think it is. I don't know. All right. Much to think about for any witching hour content. Um, you can reach us at bookedandboozy at gmail.com. We start all of our listener emails that we get so that we can read them on our later podcast. Just make sure if you have anything you want to say that you reach us there. So we normally Gmail last, so I'm trying to think like in the middle, like what? <laughs> Sorry, I just was the first <laughs> one that came in my brain. Let's see. We're booked and boozy on Patreon. Check us out there. It's how you get access to our Discord. Come on, hang with us. Um, or our Twitter is booked and boozy. Yes. Right. And then booked and boozy pod on TikTok. Hey. <laughs> booked and boozy podcast is where you can find us on Instagram. That is where we post all of our updates, all of our polls. That's where we're the most interactive if you choose to forego the um, Discord route. So make sure you check us out there. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch.